0: The Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast is an unscripted and free-flowing conversation that may touch on mature subjects. While the opinions are real, the research probably isn't, and we can't help that Atticus will probably talk about the Knicks. And here we
1: go. He trumped dudes. It wasn't just in a preseason
0: game. He did it pretty consistently. (laughs) He left dudes saying, what happened? You better put some respect on his name when we're talking about the champion, the Davion Cloud. And I'm just going on eye test
1: here, right? Like, I like the look of this coaching staff. You know?
0: Alright, enough of this. Let's see what kind of shit we get into today.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Boy, it's all yours. We'll Trash talk from real fans. Podcast number 16, Chris. 16, dude. Our podcast can drive. How do you feel? How you doing? I'm doing yeah, all right. I'm
1: doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm not, sure, uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to
0: give keys to the Audi yet, but you know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, we're, we're doing a lot of these. Uh, we're hoping, got a friend that uh, played in the NFL out of Ohio University, uh, hoping he'll join us in a little bit here. But if not, we, uh, you know, it's going to be just Mike and I today. Atticus is off doing uh, CPA lawyer stuff. Uh, So, you know, Godspeed to Atticus on that. But a lot of stuff still going on. We're entering rookie mini camps. Uh, Already got some injuries. I know a couple of the Browns draft picks. Uh, Most notably, the uh, linebacker out of West Virginia uh, injured his foot already. Which, that has to be a downer, right? You, You go through all this, you get drafted, and then before you even get to, like, Set foot on the field, you, you you're out for four or five weeks because you did something to your foot. That's that that's gonna be a it's gonna be a little bit of a downer, right? A little bit of a downer, and a little concerning, right? Like feet are, are kind of important to a football player, you know? Yeah,
1: got to kind of have them. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I hate to see anybody get one of those nagging injuries, especially this early, right? And some of it maybe we could roll up to up to COVID. Like how how much were these guys? I'd like to believe, and this might be a good question for our guest, right? But like, how much
0: work goes into, uh, you know, your physical fitness in the off season, right? Like to really perform at that level, like what's that take? Right, right. Well, especially you figure like, because out of, out of all the out of all the leagues, I feel like N, or NFL because because their schedule is so set, they're probably huge creatures of habit, and something like COVID that uh, just throws everything out of whack and your games are getting moved and now you're playing on Wednesday and whatever that that's going to screw things. Like I know baseball players are notorious, like pitchers are notorious for that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, I, I feel like football players more than any, cause, cause just the way they're, you know, the league's set up. Uh, I feel like that would be a huge thing. Like, you know, with that, with their workout patterns and, and stuff like that, they're probably huge creatures of habit. Um, so this week the schedules did come out. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about our team, just because I'm not sure when when and if Landon will be joining us here. So uh, what did you think of the uh, Eagles release? Any any part of the schedule that scares you? Harder, easier than you thought? What, what do you think?
1: I mean, the, the schedule, like the Eagles are such an anomaly this year, right? Like it's it's just one of those things where it can go one of two ways, uh, and it, it, it can go really bad, or it could be, somewhat surprising and I don't think there's really any in between right you know everything I'm looking at pretty much shows that there will be anywhere from four to seven wins for the Eagles which I think is fair right I don't I don't see them getting past that you know there's some tough games there's some easy games I don't know what the strength of schedule said but I don't think it was too daunting
0: no I I think they were somewhere around 27 if if I remember correctly um, 27 toughest, 27th toughest schedule. Are the like what would you say the the toughest stretch is for you guys this year? I mean, uh, I it looks like you got a game at the Chiefs.
1: I think the end of the season is the toughest stretch. You know, like you have, I think three out of four of our last games are all divisional games, and that's that's daunting. You know, the only the only saving grace is, is that they're home games.
0: Yeah, you know, the NFL in general seems to do, be doing that this year. Uh, the Browns are the same way. Our first division game is until, I think, Halloween when we play the Steelers. So that would be like, what, week week nine or so? That's, that's our first division game. And then, like, yeah, of our last, like, seven games, like, six of them are, are division games. So that, that's, real, that's real weird. We have that weird schedule quirk uh, you and I were talking about before we started here where we play the Ravens and then we have a bye week and then we play Ravens again. Um, I see that being a split right now. Um, We'll just win on each other's home. We'll win on our home field. They'll win on their home field. Uh, Luckily they get to, you know, they don't even get to rest in between They're They're going to go right to uh, things. Uh, The big one for the Browns. uh, We open up at Kansas city where we ended last season. I think we're five point dogs as of right now. Um, What do you think the Browns chances for an upset are in that game? There are some people picking us. We got, we do have some where, pundits. Where uh, is it? Is it at home? No, it's at Kansas City. I'm going
1: to go upset. I'll
0: take you the think? points. Yeah. yeah. I want to say it's about five and a half right now, I think is what I saw. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, the. the I want to say later on in the season that I think if we were to play them like week seven, uh, that would be closer to like a, maybe a field goal or a four-point spread. Not taking anything away from the uh, – the chiefs, but you know, we, we're going to have seven new players on defense. The only projected returners from last year are uh, Garrett and um, Denzel Ward. Uh, they're the only projected returning starters. So what scares me about the Kansas city game is we're going up against obviously one of the most prolific offenses right now in the NFL. And uh, we're going to have seven or nine new players on defense. So they're still going to be gelling a little bit. Their first live action is going to be against Kansas city. So that that's where that's what has me more nervous about that. I'd prefer that game to be a little bit later in the season once our boys have had a chance to uh play a couple together. But I mean, they're professionals, I mean, so.
1: On both sides of the ball though, right? Like Kansas City's playing with a, a brand not a brand new offensive line, but
0: a revamped offensive line. So, That's fair. you know, it'll be their first action as well. So, you know, I feel more confident with defenses uh gelling and or being able to compensate some of that team continuity. More so than offense, because de- defense is more reactionary. You're more reacting anyway versus offense, where you kind of gotta know what your guy's gonna do. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be. I mean, it'll be interesting. Like I said, there are a couple there are a couple stretches for the Browns that uh, have me nervous. We play at Patriots and then at uh, Pittsburgh back to back. But you know, the Browns did get lucky in the sense we have. I want to say we're a top ten toughest schedule. But the way it shakes out, we have a lot of home stretches. So we play like two, three games in a row at home. Um, and I want to say our longest away track is only uh, two games. We do that twice. So as far as that goes, I feel like we, uh, we, we lucked out. Like we're playing tough teams, obviously. We play the, uh, we play the Chiefs this year. We play uh, the Patriots at New England. Uh, you know, the Ravens are tough. The Steelers are going to play tough, even though I don't think they're going to finish above 500. Um, you know, the, those division games are always going to be rough. We, we, you know, we have some tough away games, but the way our schedule breaks down, usually we're playing like the Bengals and then we go play a tough game. So it's like a game. I think our, our schedule is more trap games than anything else, if I'm being honest, because looking ahead a little bit, because I, I think we have like, it's like something like before we do the... I don't have the schedule in front of me, but before we do the, the at Pats and at Steelers, I think we have like the lions at home before that. So it's, you know, we do play at green Bay, which I have circled on my calendar for various reasons. Um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. You got, got any predictions for that, that I could uh, maybe, maybe show to someone later.
1: I have no predictions for the, for the green Bay Packers this year.
0: until <laughs> so we know what's going on with Rogers.
1: Until we know what's happening with Rogers there. They're in the, they're on the table, and they're on the back of the table, right? I just can't make any call. I mean, you asked me, you know, is there a stretch that concerns you? I don't like the opening of the schedule either, right? Open at Atlanta. Don't really know what they are going to do, right? I mean, they, 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 it looks like they have an offensive juggernaut, but their defense has always been suspect. Uh, it's in Atlanta, though. Don't know what's going to happen there. San Fran. Uh, so they got a ton of people coming back from injury. So there's that. At the Cowboys versus the Chiefs, Carolina Panthers, and then Tampa Bay on a four day rest. Like that's the first six games. Eagles could easily
0: be zero six. Easily. That's yeah. that's not good. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that? I mean, I don't know. The Eagles are always scrappy. Like for as much crap as I give you about them. They always seem to, to to win a game or two. They shouldn't. They always seem to, you know, they, they play with a lot of pride. If there's any one thing, I would give the Eagles over a lot of other teams. Like they play with a pride you don't see. How to say like the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Like they might they might go. What would it be? Four and four and thirteen? Yeah, I'm all thrown off because of that extra game. Yeah. They might go four and thirteen, but it's going to be a tough four and thirteen. You know, like it's just. Teams aren't going to come out of there. Um, speaking of the Falcons, uh, I've heard rumors uh, that Julio Jones might be on the uh, go after June first because I guess it helps out with the it's a quirk in the way the salary cap works. It makes sense for them to trade him if they're going to trade him after June first. Where would you like to see Julio go? Because I'd like to see him go to a contender and have a shot at the uh, the Super Bowl.
1: If Aaron Rodgers stays in uh, in Green Bay, I'd like to see him go to Green Bay.
0: That would be deadly. Yeah. Deadly. Do you think? Uh, do you think he could handle uh, playing in the cold after playing in a dome his whole career? I think he could figure it out. Playing with probably, you know, the, 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 you know, tops the goat seven rings. Can't deny that. But best pure pass, like Aaron Rodgers, may be the best passer the game's ever seen. Right,
2: the best quarterback. You know, maybe not the goat, right? But like as far as just a quarterback, I mean, it's phenomenal. Talked about it on this many times. Like he, the fact that he hasn't thrown double-digit interceptions
1: in over a decade is ridiculous, right? While throwing for four and five thousand yards, you know, while throwing for forty TDs in the season, you know, it, it's insane. You know, his accuracy and some of the passes he makes just look inc- incredible. And with Julio's length, like I think he'll figure it out. You know, put a little Gore Tex on, you'll be fine.
0: So. So that brings up a, an interesting uh, conversation I want to have with you. When we talk about the GOAT, uh, specifically the quarterback position, uh, I think a lot of people would, you know, and, uh, you know, justifiably so, say Tom Brady. But I also think those same people, if given a chance today to start a franchise and you could have either Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, most people would take Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, I think that's a fair assessment. Without knowing what the rest of your team is going to look like, you're just taking them straight up head to head. I think most people take Aaron Rodgers. So do we judge the goat based off of just who's won the most Super Bowls, which I think is a weird. like I get Tom Brady's got an unbelievable Super Bowl record. I get it. But it's more than just the quarterback that gets there. Now I think, you know, cause he's willing to take, you know, his attitude and his, his leadership can't be measured the same way. Like, you know, passing yards versus interceptions can, I get that. Um, but is is Brady hands down the goat just simply because of the Super Bowls or is there another way to look at it you think I mean it's a collective of everything right and it's the same thing in any sport when you talk about the goat you have to you have to take into account what they're doing and when it matters right I mean the dude's gonna pass 80,000 yards this year so it's not like he's not a passer right, right. he's gonna pass 80,000
1: yards that's insane. Uh, he's gonna pass six hundred touchdowns. That's insane. He threw forty touchdowns at age forty-three. Like that's insane, right? Like I mean, so when you talk about goat, you have to take the collective everything. You know, if if Aaron Rodgers was on New England, would they have won the six Super Bowls? You know, you can always do the if then whatever questions, but fact remains. They have what they have. Dan Marino, prime example. Dan Marino was one of the best quarterbacks this game's ever seen. He's only played the Super Bowl once. You know? But I would put his stats up against anybody as far as being a quarterback. Right. You know, So you have to take it to uh, the only, like, I'll, I'll turn it the other side. Terry Bradshaw is in the conversations of great quarterbacks. He's a terrible quarterback, but he's got four Super Bowls. He was 4 0 in the Super Bowl. He was a terrible quarterback.
0: Their all their whole offense in general, like Lynn Swan, outside like he's known for that one catch, right? But uh, outside of that, like he he was pretty pedestrian. Like he like if if he if he was a fantasy player today, he'd be like a twelfth thirteenth round pick. You know, like he's not. He was never a, a guy. He got he got in the Super Bowl because he played on all those Steelers teams. And had that one catch that everyone remembers. Um, the is, is he the immaculate reception guy, or is that someone else? Franco Harris. Franco Harris is the immaculate reception. Okay, so That shows how much I care about the Steelers and what they've done in there in the seventies, no less. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's hard because, I mean, because the other thing is, yeah, I don't know if I can see uh, Aaron Rodgers and Bill Belichick coexisting for twenty years. That's definitely not. Uh, something, something I think happens if, if Aaron Rodgers had ended up on the Patriots, regardless of how much they were winning. But, uh, that being said, speaking of, uh, speaking of the Patriots, did you hear that? Uh, we're just kind of got a whole collective. We had, so just so everyone listening out there, we, we, we did have a, we were going to interview someone today and we prepared for that. We actually prepared this Mike. Mike asked me last night if he thought we were unscripted when I was asking him if he had any actual questions he had come up with. Uh, so we're kind of, it's real unscripted today. We're just flying off the cuff. So if we seem like we're jumping around a lot, but, uh, yeah, did you hear that, uh, they're getting the Tom Brady v. New England rematch? Like tickets are going on StubHub for like 1300 bucks for like nosebleeds. Yeah. Uh, so I looked at, speaking of looking at tickets now, I'm going down and now I'm going to swerve in another direction, right? So the schedule comes out. I'm like, if I was going to go to an Eagles game this year, where do I want to go? Right. Uh, I've never been to the link. So obviously I'd like to go to the link, but, uh, they're playing Vegas in Vegas. And I was like, "Let me see what that's all about, right?" Uh, let me see that brand new stadium, which looks awesome. It looks like a Death Star. So, you know, flight
2: and hotel, uh, like seventeen hundred bucks. I can get a ticket in the nosebleeds for about six hundred. You know, so I'm looking at twenty three hundred bucks for a trip. But if I want to not be in the nosebleeds. We're looking at 1300 bucks a ticket as well for that. It's insane. You know, but that's... It's a destination probably any NFL fan wants to go to.
0: Right. Well, you know, there was... I remember uh, when, a couple years ago, when the Browns signed Odell, and there was all the hype. The average resale ticket price for games in Cleveland went from... Uh, it was like... Like, six, like $70, 80 bucks a ticket for the cheap seats to like three, $400. And there's this big thing about how, you know, it used to be for a family of four in Cleveland, you could go and take the kids to the stadium and watch the Browns for, you know, a couple hundred bucks, like 300 bucks. And that got everyone a hot dog. Right. And now it's saying it's going to cost you 500 bucks just to get in the door. And that's like this big, huge uh, thing. And it kind of makes you, it, it's it's kind of weird that the NFL can still get away with it. I mean, I get these are all resell, so it's not exactly the NFL um, setting it up. But yeah it's it's kind of weird like i get these are resale tickets but it's just it's interesting in this age where you know movie theaters are struggling and everything else because you know people's home entertainment systems are rivaling you know quality theaters uh that the nfl can still have resale values on their tickets like several times what the face value of the ticket is that's crazy to me i think Concerts, pro sports, any of it. They should be at discounted rates for the next year. Yeah. They should throw it way down just to just to kind of give back to the people. Kind of like a, a fan stimulus package. Right.
1: They make their money off the TV anyway.
0: Well that's the thing though, I mean, they can't really control the secondary market, can they? No. Yeah. I mean, if people are really willing to pay Sixteen hundred bucks. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. If I was a New England fan and someone was offering me sixteen hundred bucks for my nosebleed seats, I I I'd, <laughs> I'd do it too. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, I'll watch hey, it at home. Be honest,
1: right? Like I'm considering going to Vegas. You know, it's yeah, twenty five hundred dollars. You know, for a weekend.
0: Yeah, but, but Vegas Vegas it. is Vegas though. Like it's not just yeah. going for the game. You're also after the game, before the game. You know, you're in Vegas. There we go. There there he is. There's the man of the hour. Perfect. How you doing today, bro? Yo,
2: yo. in. Man. Man. What's <laughs> up, guys?
0: Not too much. How you doing, man? How have things been treating you yo, over in South Carolina? Man, man, things are great. I can't complain about a thing. Uh, it, it was a busy night last night at my bar. I've been trying to make sure everything is good with them. So for the brunch we got going on today. So before I got the meeting started, I had to go get me a little coffee. <laughs> so we so, can. So started on this rad podcast for sure i appreciate it and we'll give you a chance to talk about that a little bit we don't you know we have 26 uh solid listeners right now and handful of them are actually in germany but if they ever come over we'll let you plug your your stuff here in a minute um talk about but we had some uh questions so really quick uh, i'm just gonna give you a quick intro this is landon cohen he was a 2000 draft pick out of uh 2008 draft pick out of ohio university uh that's where i went to school Actually, one of my favorite pictures from my time at OU, you probably don't even remember this, but uh, I couldn't even tell you what game it's from, but I have a framed picture of us chest bumping at the 50-yard line after we beat somebody. There's a there's a picture okay, of us. Okay, yeah, okay. there's a picture I have of us chest okay. bumping. It's one of my favorite pictures.
2: You gotta, send, you gotta send me that, man. You
0: gotta send me that. Yeah. That. Definitely. There. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a pretty cool picture. I'm not even sure who took it. I couldn't even tell you what game it's after. But uh, yeah, there's definitely a picture of us. So. With the draft just happening, we just kind of want to talk to you a little bit about your experience playing in the NFL. Um, And I was hoping you could kind of just kind of walk us through the draft pick. Now, you were a later round pick. So what was preparing for the draft like? And when did you start finding out you were going to be picked? Did you know going in like, okay, this team's going to look at me in this round? Or were you just kind of sitting around watching on TV?
2: So you you go on a couple interviews, and when they start flying, I worked out, I think we just did interviews. Um, I knew that they were serious about me. I started getting phone calls and maybe like the fourth or fifth round with teams expressing interest. And I don't know if they were considering drafting me at that point, but uh, they definitely wanted to, uh, if I was a free agent or something like that, uh, be in good graces so that I would pick them. So, uh, But the process was cool. I was just at, at OU. Doing some homework with the guys, like I'm like studying, just trying to stay on my stuff. And, uh, you know, the the coach from Detroit calls me, he's like, Hey, you ready to be a Detroit Lion? And I'm like, Before I can, before I can answer, he's like, Well, you ain't got a choice with drafting your ass right here. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I mean, literally, like one second on the phone with him, the next, the next second I was on the phone with the secretary and, uh, they were booking my flight to fly out, and I think, the day or the day after for uh, rookie minicamp, which was by far the hardest shit I ever have done in my whole entire life. It really makes you uh, consider if you really want to play football or not. Uh, and especially if you're a drafting guy. It, it was almost like, shit, you got uh, 80 other guys
0: out here and you better be able to whoop them all. So... <laughs> So you're, you're 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 legit just studying. You're just stu- You weren't even paying attention, and you just got a call, and they're like, "Hey,
2: I mean, yeah, try, yeah, trying to trying to take my mind off of it." Um, so I mean, obviously, I knew that I was I had a a chance at being drafted, a real good chance at being drafted, but I didn't know when. I knew it would be kind of the second day, um,
0: but I really was at, at court uh, courtyard apartment. Okay. Uh, doing my home, doing some homework for real. Like, yeah, a lot of athletes yeah. lived. I actually lived up there a uh, couple years prior to that. But yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's that's a real because I always, you know, we always sit there and we watch it on TV, right? So we just picture everyone just kind of sitting around watching it like we are. Never, you know, it's kind of weird to think that you're just living your life, doing your thing, and then suddenly you just get a call. So you yeah, so you I'm go. Like
1: something about you know you got to Detroit for the rookie mini camp and it was the hardest shit you've been through in your life right and Chris and I were talking a little bit about because I forget it I forget the player but someone just hurt their foot in rookie mini camp, and uh you know so that brought up the question you know what kind of preparation really needs to go into playing at that level right like you know, I played some sports. Chris played some sports, you know, but we, we're not professional athletes. What kind of of preparation and commitment really goes into what you do day to day? So when
2: I went to train down with Chip Smith at CES, left school, went to train with him and
0: So you definitely had more of a, a journeyman path uh, through the NFL. You got drafted by the Lions. You played for the, the Bears. Uh, uh, you were on a couple different squads. What coach, what head coach mainly um, was the most influential or that you felt you learned the most from or even you just enjoyed uh, being on his team the most? I mean, I don't know how much interaction you might have had specifically with a specific head coach, but were there any that kind of stood out to you? Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: I'm, I'm, I've always, when I was go. Meetings. I would be taking notes and writing down everything that these guys would say, just based on the leadership uh, qualities that they displayed. So Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick were two of my favorite coaches. Completely different styles, but very, very successful on both ends. So uh, just just studying the way they moved the organization of um, you know how they conducted meetings, how the how everything was organized and structured so that we could be successful is, um, you know, like all of those things stood out to me. And it, was, it wasn't it was really about football. It was more about you got this Fortune 500 company. This guy is the head of the company. Uh, he's hired these guys to be able to execute, you know, uh, to make sure that everybody's on the same page.
0: is uh bill belichick how we see him on tv in the meetings is that how he is every day today or is there is there a difference
2: yeah yeah i think he's uh he's similar you know he's got the he's got that kind of dry sense of humor um but at the end of the day we're there to do a job right so like we want to be really really good at
0: the the, the task at hand so i mean we're not going to do do things that take away from Uh, so, one oh. of the other, one of the other things you got to do was you got to uh, play in a Super Bowl. Uh, what was Super Bowl week like? Like, did that throw you completely different than everything else you'd be doing in the NFL? Was it a lot more interviews, I, or from your point of view, was it that much different than what you would normally prepare?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was you know, it's a lot more interviews, a lot more media, but you got two weeks to prepare, and uh, you know, I, I got there late in the season, so it wasn't a it wasn't a lot.
0: Did it take a little bit longer to, to settle into that game than like, uh, you know, week six now? <laughs> so, uh, throughout your time in the NFL, was there was there any set of home locker rooms or away locker rooms that were better than anything else? What's what's behind the scenes kind of like? I mean, they're definitely
2: not going to make the away locker rooms comfortable for you, right?
0: What about uh, what about home? I know you got to you were you did some time in Dallas. You were, if just looking at the list of teams you played on, that would be my uh, guess. But
2: I mean, all the all the facilities are pretty. They're pretty nice uh, as far as home goes.
0: So I, I mean, one
2: is just like all of them, you know. I right. can so, uh, As far as Seattle,
1: who were the? fans that you uh encountered going into a, a a visiting situation that's tough man. I never really even paid any attention to it. I can say the loudest probably was Kansas City
2: and uh and Carried on with, uh, I was too engaged in the game to carry on with fans, and I have never even heard any of that. Like I was, you know, sights
0: out on the guy that I was going again. Right. Um. So you also spent some time in the CFL. In fact, you won the uh, the Grey Cup with Ottawa. How did? Uh, obviously, yeah. it's obviously it's not the, to the same scale as like playing in the Super Bowl. But what was that experience like? And did oh, oh, but it is. Oh, okay.
1: Chris told me a little bit about uh, yeah, I did a little bit of research. It looks like you got a valet company. He said something about
2: a restaurant.
0: Know my man here's got a little uh, got a little experience in the crypto uh, currencies from what I've been uh, so he likes to dip his toe in a little bit. I've been going crazy with the crypto lately. Uh, I think that it's a way that uh, the average American can put back a little bit of money and and kind of get back. Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll get you out of here on this one last question. Looking back over your career in the NFL, um, is there are there any players uh, that you, you wish you would have gotten the chance to maybe play with, or anyone you felt you learned a lot from outside of the coaching ranks that uh, you know you felt touched your career? Just want to you know kind of pull it back to the NFL and end on that, and we'll let you we'll let you get out of here. I hear you. Well, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for. I know you're a busy dude, so thanks for uh, taking some time out to talk with us. Um, yeah, and if any anytime you want to come back and uh, and uh, give it give us a shout, we'd love to have you. I see you,
2: man. I, my man, they see they, they running and talking to me now, man. I enjoyed it. Uh, we, we'll do it again
0: sometime. And you're in Columbus, right? No, I'm down in Orlando now. I was in Columbus for a little bit, but I'm down in Orlando okay, now. Okay, yeah. Okay. I appreciate it. Definitely, man. I appreciate y'all. What is that? A little mouse on your bed? Oh, it's my cat. It's my cat. i don't cute. All right, man. Y'all be good. I enjoy it. All
2: right, man. Take it easy. I appreciate
0: it. Thank you, man. Well, look at us. We're pulling. We're pulling interviews now. We're we're getting up there. We're getting up there. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> I mean, we. we th- I'm gonna, you know, thank him on the thing. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get like three more two- listeners this week. What do you think? Uh, we should give a shout out to our uh, to our, our German population, right? Just, uh, danke, dass ihr heute, heute which is, thanks for listening today, right? Is that really, or did you just make that up as we went along? No, that's for real. Ah, yeah, a little, little fun fact about the uh, podcast, so I get breakdowns, and uh, apparently, uh, of our unique listeners, about 20% are in Germany, so... Yeah. Th- thanks for that. We're international. I'll take it. Think, I it. think it's a good place. This is a good little podcast. We're wrapping up under an hour. Look at us. Professionalism. There we go, man. Try, all around. Try
1: real hard. We're going we're to work on getting this down to a palatable time uh, time limit. See if that works out for us. But uh, you know, I think next week let's get into some fantasy football, man. Yeah, you
0: know, I like it. Doing, we're both doing some mock drafts. It was great having that dude on. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's always going to be a good thing to get a perspective from from what we love, right? You know, right. We're all fans here, so getting getting
1: an idea of what that life is like is always cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks again to Landon for uh, giving us some time today. Uh, I know he's a busy guy, so it's really cool We'll to out twenty minutes for us. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Take it easy, man. <laughs> Well, everybody, that wraps up our show for this week. Thanks for listening. Here's a random weekly fun fact for you. Over the last 20 seasons, the New York Knicks have had an abysmal plus 402 winning percentage. that of course, was dead last in the NBA. Anyway, this has been the Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast. It's been a pleasure, and as always... Your team. Stay safe out there.